Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Derek with Backpacking and Blisters. We're talking today with Carl and a special guest, one of our own hikers, uh, Chris. And I'm going to throw it over to Carl and have you... Carl, why don't you talk to the gang here about Chris. What's Chris all about? So this is Chris Wimberly, and Chris is... He's a pretty fresh backpacker. His first trip was last summer with us. And in a previous episode, Derek, you actually described him as like the best new backpacker. Maybe... Mm of all time i think ranked him like a nine out of ten and that's you know pretty huge that's pretty good that's pretty solid so what we can talk about how how we can make up that that one point point there yeah it's it's gonna be yeah i think so so chris doesn't bring a ton of backpacking experience other than he went on a pretty awesome trip for his first trip last summer but i think what he does bring to this episode is he typically was like the voice of reason and clarification and i don't know if he'll get a chance to play that role today but with our topic today, I think that he's got, he'll have some things to add for sure. And he's actually kind of not been responsible, but more of a participant in our main topic today, which is trail saboteurs. So Chris, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. Thanks guys uh, for the kind introduction. And now I've got a lot to live up to nine out of 10 on the first year. I don't know if I'll be able to beat that in future years. I got to mm. keep it together. The, the, yes. Yeah. Just, and just as a measuring stick, Derek, like he's been backpacking forever and he's probably still like at a six out of 10. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks, Derek. Holding strong. You know, <laughs> you know, Carl just broached five the other week. So with a home hike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hey, the halfway. I'm like 5.5 yeah. right now. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on this episode, Trail Saboteurs. And immediately right out of the gates, I got to do some clarifying for my own mind. So a saboteur, is a saboteur someone, a person who sabotages, or is it an event full of sabotaging? How would you how would you say that a, a trail saboteur plays uh, itself out? I mean, I Derek, you know, when it. I when I'm thinking of this applied to our backpacking experiences, I'm thinking of 
A lot of times these saboteur events are unintentional, but could be looked at as intentional. Is that I don't know if Carl would agree with that or not. <laughs> and, and when we start talking about some of the things that we're going to talk about, these saboteurs, times we we plan a trip. We're like, yes, this is how we'll meet up. This is where we're going to go. Blah, blah. Make sure you bring this. We've all been here a million times. Here's the gear list. And then the day of the event arrives, and there's just there's all these things that start going wrong, and all these like speed bumps we hit along the way that we didn't even plan for, or somebody just randomly decides to do something that we had no idea they were going to do, or. All that kind of stuff. So that kind of sabotages the flow of the trip. So I think that might be where it kind of stems mm. from. Um, I don't think anybody on the trip is really ever like, I'm going to mess this trip up. I think that they don't consider the question like, why was this a good idea? Like, at what point did you think this right. was smart to do? Right. I don't think they consider that question. Why did you have to do the, the certain things at the times that you did these things? For sure. Yeah. And I think just also point of clarification, Chris, is that it's, it could be a person, but it could be a thing too. So this is not going to make our, mm. our list, but for mm. example, if it was, you know, you get like a couple flat tires on the road, um, that's not, that could be somebody's fault if they didn't inflate the tires sure. or overinflate the tires, whatever. But, you know, so it could be that, something along those lines. So what I'm hearing is, is it could be a person who unintentionally sabotages, someone who intentionally sabotages, or a random act of sabotaging unintentional by not even necessary person could be a thing or situation. So many different types and forms of trip and trail sabotaging. Well, Chris, it's a lot to swallow, buddy. It's a lot to swallow. I know. know I'm not going to lie, though. (laughs) I feel good now. I feel like I understand. And actually, right out of the gates, right out of the gates, I've got a perfect example. And being a fresh rookie uh, backpacker. Mm. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of examples to pull from, but uh, I do okay. have a pretty epic one that I think would be worth mentioning uh, from my, my recent trip in Montana Beautiful. Uh, over the summer. Yeah. yeah. And I can't wait to hear that. Before we start, um, Carl, was there something you wanted to refer to? So we always like, yeah, kind of jump into the episode or kind of like tantalize the audience, if you will, with our um, thoughts of, you know, ridiculous stories that are coming up and then we had a we got a backtrack a little bit here because we keep on saying that we're going to answer this question that was posed to us a while back on facebook on our on our black backpacking blisters facebook page mm. from steve about i called it at the time or a few episodes ago like the four-pronged question about going ultralight cheap with kids on you know on a time constrained schedule he actually has since clarified he's like if you could just focus on the ultralight cheap thing right that would be great yeah. so I thought about it for a long time, and I, I I brainstormed some ideas. But I think a lot of these ideas, what they really boil down to is, you know, what are you willing to give up, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what how much discomfort are you willing to deal with? It's a fine line. Mm-hmm. It really is a fine line. Like, yeah. So, I mean, you guys go lightweight. I don't know that we're ultra light, obviously, with... Well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, after having my first trip be a difficult success, uh, I think I realized how how important it is to, to travel lighter um, for myself. So, obviously, you want to look at yourself and be like, well, what's important to me? Is it comfort? Do my, what, what starts hurting when I go for long miles? Do my feet hurt? Does my back hurt? Right. What hurts? Um, what's important to me? So, I think for me, my feet were a huge issue. They would start hurting after the blisters I, I mentioned in the Death March episode. So for me, having fresh socks... 17, 17 blisters. 
15 <laughs> blisters. Let's, you know, maybe a record. I'm not sure. So uh, I think for me it was the feet. And so therefore, as a result of that, I was willing to to add more weight with bringing like, you know, four pairs of socks for a two-day trip or, or something like right. that. Overpack the socks. And also the backpack. I had the one I had, I think, for 10 years or 11 years. And I finally was like, you know, let's get something a little bit lighter just to shave weight off that. Uh, and, and I know what I'm bringing right. and I know I could fit it. And like I said, the the REI guy was like, you know, this is a day pack, dude. I was like, no, we can do better than that. <laughs> we can do better than that. So it's a 25 liter pack, yeah. I think, by Osprey. It's, I make it into a backpack and backpack and it works great. I love it. So it just depends on your personal needs. So for me, it's the feet. I don't know. So let's do this. I'm going to I'm gonna give you all of my ideas that I've come up with. And some of these might be sort of Captain Obvious and some of them may not. Mm-hmm. But I want you guys to individually respond like, like either yes, you've done that. Um, maybe you're willing to try that, or give me like a firm no, like that's just too much. Like I'm not willing to sacrifice that, or I'm not willing to even try that. So uh, mm. let's start with the seat, the sleep system, which is kind of like one of the heavier parts of things. One way to go lighter is to not bring like a inflatable pad, but to bring one of those foam pads and then cut it in half, and then don't bring. I think a lot of people go out with a go without a pillow, but you can obviously stuff extra clothes or extra junk in your stuff sack and use that as a pillow. So that's kind of like level one. I think my initial response to that is I've I've tried just the pad without the inflatable pad. For me, it's a nightmare on my hips. So I think um, you know one option uh, is to I think we talked about this a long time ago was to buy they have like those uh, inflatable sleeping mats that are like cut off around the waist or knee area maybe, and you could get like a shorter one. So that would be lighter than a full length one, um, still supporting right. the main part of your body. And then you could, you know, use your backpack for your feet or something like that um, to elevate. So that doesn't qualify with the cheap. That qualifies with the lightweight, but he's looking to go lightweight and cheap. And so these foam pads, most people have them just kind of laying around. You can get well, them. Then you're going to have to stack them. Maybe go two. maybe get two of those. I don't know what his hip situation is, you know. Right. He mentioned bringing kids, and so I think that kids, like, they don't have the option. You just, if they are old enough to carry their stuff, <laughs> unless they're teenagers, you don't give them the option. Like, like if they're young kids where you're carrying some of their stuff, then they are they get the phone pads. At least my kids do. Like, they don't even, they get thermal rest when we go car camping, but backpacking, phone pads. And usually kids are like, I'll just sleep on the mm-hmm. floor. I don't care. Like, they don't even, they're crazy with that. So I would agree with you. Yeah. Right. Phone pad. Okay. So level one is that. Level two would be to go without a pad altogether. Mm. And if it's a warm enough area and you know that your that insulation is not going to be a problem and you're willing to tough it out or find a, you know, maybe find like a, a soft sandy area next to a lake or something. Sure. Or even on a ocean beach. Yeah. Then could you also not uh, throw in some like shrubbery, some like leafy leaves, a pile of those? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I've been thinking this whole time. Get some good leaves. The only risk is that when you're putting piles of leaves in the tent is that you might be bringing some critters in with you. Some. Well, who says you got to put them under, in the tent? <laughs> you know, you can put them under the tent. You put them underneath. <laughs> All right. Yes. I think I saw something like that on Sur- – I, I saw Survivor Man do something like that one time. He put a bunch of like pine needles or something like that under his, himself as a padding. Right. Oh, for, yeah. I was just thinking that was like a Bear Grylls kind of thing. Yeah. Just being honest, right. I don't – 
I don't think I would give up on the sleeping pad. I don't. I think that is one area I would be willing to take the weight and willing to maybe spend a little bit more money is is on the sleeping pad. I don't know personally if I would sacrifice in that okay. area. I want a good night's rest so the next day I can get after it again. So I might. Yeah. I might opt. I agree. And some people, I agree with you, Chris, and some people are more high maintenance <laughs> than others. You know, like I might need the sleeping pad mm. and the good socks. Here's <laughs> you might need one. So it just depends how good and flexible mm. he is uh, with okay. his family. So let's keep going. Okay. So that, but by the way, that can reduce quite a bit of weight right there. A lot of those pads oh, definitely. over a pound. Yeah. They're certainly expensive if you buy lightweight ones. I definitely think the kids get the mats. The you know. Yeah, that's that's like a kind of a... A captain obviously went to, like I said. Second one, this one is um, not how much discomfort necessarily, but how much effort are you willing to put into this? Because if you go onto YouTube, you can find plenty of instructors that simply will show you how to make your own gear. You can make your own lightweight backpack. You can make your own, um, it's not even a sleeping bag. Like they show you how to make these quilts that are kind of like these, yeah, basically these, these blankets that mm. are a fraction of the weight of even some of the more expensive uh, bags out there from some of the top brands, but it's going to take a lot of effort. Uh, sure. The, kind of the, the sure. go-to for make your own gear is the uh, like Pepsi can alcohol stove where you basically just kind of carve down a Pepsi can, make pop little holes in it, and then pour um, alcohol to make a stove out of it. But right, right. And I think a lot of people have tried that. It kind of with mixed success as far as like how fast it heats things up and how much actual alcohol you got to bring. But anyway, okay, kind of the, the core of this is making yeah. your own gear. What do you think? Well, I'm a, I'm initially I'm I'm thinking I probably wouldn't do any of it, <laughs> only be, only because um, I, I don't know I don't know which gear item I would start on. <laughs> I guess I would have to look at YouTube first and see okay what are the different items that individuals are making. And how much time goes into each of those items, how much material, um, and, and what are each of those items? You know, I probably wouldn't want to hand make my own tent if we were going into a cold backpacking environment. Um, but I, I was, I would, I just said like that what you're asking what they are like backpack, quilt, stove. Those are probably the most common three. Yeah. I, you know, I think of those three things that I'm thinking, I, I think I'd be game for the, uh, sleeping bag and, and the, the, uh, backpack, but I think if you're taking kids okay. out and you're gonna risk like a, sh I don't want, I'll use the word shoddy stove from a Pepsi can. Like, I, if that doesn't go well, then you're, you're gonna have some more problems mm. going on. So, I think I, especially if you're in the like kind of more East Coast where it can be, exactly. you know, where you're more likely to get rain right. and it's harder to sort of fire. And you, you can't just, kind yeah, of you don't want a hungry sure. wife and kids. Um, is you know that's just gonna make things real tough in general. I think so. I think I, I'd be willing to gamble with the bag and the sleeping bag for sure, though. I'd look into the backpack. I'd, I'd possibly make my own backpack if it made sense. If depends on what it was, what it, how reliable it would be. What's it made out of? I'd, I'd possibly look into that. Do I need a sewing machine? Do we need a sewing machine? I think you might actually, but ooh, okay. I don't. Yeah, we we. This might be another episode because we might have. I got a guy who actually does make his own stuff that we could bring on if um, if that's an area of interest for sure, and he can kind of run right. through a few of these things. But let's let's move on though. Let's go on to um, a couple obvious things. Would be if if you're not going to make your own backpack, you have like a top loading backpack. You can take the top off. I think that's something you probably could find anywhere. Mm. But to take it to the next level, if you're really really looking to shave weight and you don't mind modifying your existing pack, you can cut excess straps and cords that either you're not using right. or that simply cinch down 
so far that they're just kind of almost like extra leashes on your pack right. and extra patches and logos and all of that stuff. And you'd be surprised at how much that adds up to. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think my old backpack had a lot of those extra straps and I constantly was retying them into extra bows and knots just to get them out of the way. That I, and I never really needed them. You know what I mean? So I'll, I probably could have cut a lot of those off. So that's, that's a free, maybe it's a pound you shave there. The, the making your own stuff, that's going to cost a little bit, but not nearly as much as like a name brand stuff. All right, so I actually priced, priced out right. this next one. And if you want to go super ultra light, so this is actually good for the family. If you're handy with like not tying skills and just willing to spend the time, I looked it up on REI.com. You can buy an eight by six foot tarp that weighs 11 mm. ounces for $5. Then you can okay. buy 50 feet of paracord that you can cut up and use to tie the tarp off to trees or whatever you have going on there. For additional $5, you get $10 plus tax, gives you a shelter for you and the family that is well under a pound. Hmm. True. And this actually True. would blend well with our leaf theory where you could bring in some shrubbery and leaves yes. and or mat. Uh, <laughs> so you're blending the best of both worlds in that scenario. For sure. Well, if you're going to rough it, you got to rough it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously if you're in a warmer climate like Yosemite or something like that, I think um, that that could be, that could work, I think. I think obviously if you're over on the East Coast and it's rainy, it's wet, or maybe up, you know, uh, Pacific Northwest somewhere that could be or Colorado, Colorado, where the weather changes. But, I mean, the tarp, the tarp's going to keep you dry. If you're in a flat spot that, yeah, where you're not going to be keeping water in the ground, like you'll be fine. That's what the tarp's for. But how windy is it? What, I mean, the wind can change and move the, you know, that's part of the strategy where you camp. So you're not going to, okay, you know, then. like yeah. the thought is if you're willing to, Yes, you know your stuff and you're going to be able to pick a good right. camp spot. Or right. you could have also a secondary tarp that would be used as a one-side tarp, one-side tent of the tent to block the wind if there was yeah. coming from a single sure. direction wind, possibly. Yeah. Now you're talking about extra weight, though. Now you're talking true. about an extra 11 true. ounces, which is still way lighter than a tent. Yeah. But if, if you're serious about it, you're willing to go to the, you know, take the extra mile on this one. Uh, last couple things just kind of to throw out there is you can look at the forecast and then skip some of these things, like skip a shelter or skip the rainfly if your tent altogether. Skip bring some extra clothes if it's going to be particularly warm, or especially if you're going in a warmer area, um, say like Utah, kind of more desert zone. Right. So you, if you really plan ahead and, and you trust the forecast, like I wouldn't trust the forecast ever in Colorado because it just seems no. like it changes right. on a dime. But if you're in an area where you can trust the, the forecast, I would do that. And then my last tip was, um, if you don't want to make your own gear, do any of the the, the previous things, you just simply want to buy the stuff and buy it in the cheapest possible way. I have purchased a lot of stuff on Craigslist and eBay right. and I bought it used mm -hmm. and you can save typically more than 50% off if you're willing right. to, um, you know, to not maybe get exactly the model, whatever it is you're looking for. Right. So and, just, just kind of right. And if, if you are one of those people who's like, I don't trust Craigslist and online, I'm anti, uh, I've gotten a few items at the Goodwill, stuff like that. They have pretty cheap as mm. well. So, Another option there. Okay. And I've got one final suggestion, Derek, which yeah. let's see if you can figure this one out. Up. All right. So there's a way. This is the way to go, like, honestly, the lightest weight possible. If you're talking for one trip, bang for your buck, mm. you will carry um, as little weight. You could carry just like a, a camelback if you want to. Okay. So okay. I have done a fanny way pack, it, so this is... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> So. <laughs> that's true that's not where i was going with this but the way that you keep it cheap <laughs> right. is you, you got to bring somebody with you who's willing to split the cost okay. on this 
and we'll probably talk more about this later, but if you can find something else to carry all of your Ooh. gear for you. Ah, uh, yes. Where am I going? I this know where you're going with this. We did a trip, wonderful trip, a family trip uh, with llamas, and the llamas right. carried all of the gear. Um, how far are we going? Probably four or five miles or something like that? Three, two or three? <laughs> I think three miles. What was it? <laughs> Three, three, miles. Okay. three miles. Okay, three miles. Yeah. Well, my daughter, my daughter was three. We made her hike. She was, way, yeah, so she crushed it. Like, um, but yeah. the, the llamas were fantastic, um, carrying all these backpacks, supplies. As you can imagine if you have a husband, wife, two, a couple of kids, um, or we had one kid. It's just a lot of extra stuff. So the llamas were great. I liked right. it. Right. So to price them out, it costs us a little over $200 to rent two llamas and the trailer to bring it to the trailhead. So, and I don't know if that's the kind of a standard cost. That's just where it is. As we, we rented out of Colorado Springs from a guy, Wildflower Ridge Llamas, little little plug for him. But he, so anyway, so if you split it with somebody though, then you're talking like a little over $100 and um, to spend $100 for one trip to try to go ultra light, like that's way cheaper than even just, you know, buying like an Osprey backpack. So yeah. if you're talking one time, like I just want to go ultra, ultra light one time, that's probably the most bang for your buck. And you get a llama there with you, which is going to help prevent uh, predators from attacking if there's kids around because they actually keep predators away, strangely enough. Exactly. Mm. And they're cool. Those things are cool. I'm so initially cool. thinking, why wouldn't you bring a llama on every trip with you if it's available and it will carry some gear? And um, and if it's a cold trip, then you could put the llama in the same tent as you, and that would create some serious warmth <laughs> situation right just saying that's true the, well you do have to fit it in the tent yeah. <laughs> you just want to bring it in the tent Chris. What are hey, you about? if you could just train it just train it to kneel down you of know course. and invest fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. To be old, right. I don't know. But that's oh why we have gosh. a Rocky. You know, Rocky, we just throw, like, extra weight on Rocky, and he's kind of like the, you know, team. Llama. Yeah. Llama. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Last year, like with the pack eating deer, we that we talked about that Chris didn't just be like, "Hey, just come on in. We got <laughs> yeah, a backpack you know. inside." I'm surprised I didn't hear him unzip the uh, tent there. Yeah, I thought about it. We have spent a lot of time on this question, and I don't know that all of it was helpful. 
We can. I hope that answers this question. I think question. It, if he was even, even able to pull like a, a couple tidbits or if anybody was, I think that that was worth talking about. I'm sure we'll definitely visit the ultralight thing like in a sequel to our um, previous episode at some point. Hopefully there was something good in there. There's other things that, get, that I even get to that we'll get to later. But thanks for taking the time, guys, to talk about that one. I think I think it's time to now jump Trip. back to our topic. Trip saboteurs. Yes. Trip saboteurs. So, so we're just going to go kind of from our own experiences with uh, some circumstances we've had. And then, Chris, you're certainly welcome to share some of the experiences you've already had in your limited career. But if you could just play the voice of reason and – if there's a solution to our problem, what we should have done, what we can do moving forward, or if you're just like, yeah, that just stinks. There's like, <laughs> you just got to set it up. <laughs> That's yeah. fine too. Okay. So yeah. Derek, why don't you jump in? What's, what's, our, what's our first trip saboteur circumstance here? Let's start with something that's like, maybe everybody can connect with and that might've happened to everybody. Okay. So this, this is one I mentioned a little while ago. Um, this was where uh, I took a, a group of guys out for a bachelor party and we were supposed yes. to do like a, I don't know, like a 10 mile loop, not a lot of elevation in like three days. So super easy loop. Um, however, the first day we went three and a half miles in and we set up camp and none of these guys really like keep in shape at all. One guy was a heavy smoker. So by the time we got there, you know, one of the guys was like, my knee is just, I can't go on basically. So we had to turn back and go all the way back to the start. And we ended up just like finding like a camp lot and pitching a tent right there. So it was kind of, it was kind of a big buzz. But I think, uh, <laughs> you know, not that he intentionally sabotaged the trip at all. Um, but at the same time, if you know your body is like prone to like uh, getting sore after walking around Disneyland for a while or, or hiking or day hiking for a while, you know these things are going to happen. You, you know, one thing to do is, is to try to prepare your body because um, you got to remember you're going with like a group of guys. And, and as I've said about my death march, you know, I did not train at all for this 50 mile uh, death march. And I almost, I mean, I, I, I probably, I don't know if I would have turned back, but it was to that point where my body just took such a beating and, um, you know, you're really affecting the whole team if you're not really, uh, taking care of your body and ready to go. So that was one saboteur. Well, Derek, that's a, I'm not gonna lie. That's a tough one. Cause I have mixed emotions on that one. Part of me understands the excited backpacker who, even though maybe has a previous injury, thinks they're going to be able to tough it out and um, and they just want to go for it. They want to load up their bag and they want to get on the on the trail and they, they say, okay, maybe I've got some soreness in my knee, but I, I can do this. And, you know, and I, I have some respect for someone like that who, who, who feels like they can get after it. But on the other side of that is the saboteur, right? Someone who has something going on and doesn't mention it to anyone and thinks, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can tough this one out and I'm excited. I want to get on the trail and then, Look what happens. Three miles in, you've got to turn back, and now you're camping in the parking lot. <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I see both sides. Uh, what if you? And this will probably never happen. But what if someone came up with a checklist, a pre-backpacking checklist, and it had like medical questions on it? Does your do your knees hurt? Have you thrown out your back recently? And um, again, that would never happen. So, I don't know if you'd have passed that checklist, man. I won't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Actually, I threw out my back. I never done it before in my life, and I threw it out in the January before our trip in July of next of last year. And um, 
and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in decent shape. And, uh, but I actually threw out my back helping my son break apart his waffle in his high chair. I was <laughs> literally not doing anything. Yeah. Amazing. Huh. And, uh, but I trained hard after Waffles that. Hard. I, I worked on some core strength and cause I was so excited to go on this trip. And, um, so I really, really worked hard for those five months afterwards to get myself trip ready. And, and I can tell you that, that I believe it made the difference because if I wouldn't have done anything and then I went on that trip, um, I think that, uh, it may have been a different story. So I think if someone does have an injury, they need to, they need to work it out. You got to train through it and maybe even a, a, a few weeks before go on a test hike, you know, go find a mountain right. somewhere and try yeah. to run up it or hike up it yourself and see, okay, how is my back or how is my knee doing before you go on it with a bunch of people and, and potentially have to stop the trip. Yeah. So it sounds like you got to make sure, like if you're the kind of on the other side of things, if you're the trip planner, you got to make sure the guy is all in. And if he's not all in and if there's nobody sort of monitoring mm-hmm. him, then he's mm-hmm. not in. He's not invited mm-hmm. because honestly, like, you know, Chris, you're, you're out in California um, and I'm in Colorado and, and Rocky was the guy that invited you along. And so I was on Rocky. I'm like, are you still training with Chris? Is Has, has Chris continued to work out? Is he fizzling? Um, is it, you know, are you doing things that are going to help him for the trip? Because if there was any moment where like, oh yeah, we haven't really done anything in a couple of weeks. Like I would have been like, all right, this is not happening. Right. So you almost have to be hyper aggressive with, with guys, especially if you don't know them very well to make sure that they are kind of fulfilling their end of the bargain. And Derek's situation is a little different because it's a, you know, it's a bachelor party thing. So, uh, you know, you don't want to be like ridiculous about it, mm-hmm. but if it's an important trip and if it's, you know, a tip trip, you're spending a lot of time planning like we did for last year then it's a big deal to have somebody come along. And I don't, I don't want listeners new. to think that Carl's just, just hard-nosed, cold, heartless about all this stuff. Like, you've, you've had, like, a lot of bad scenarios happen, so. Yeah, and we'll know. get to that for sure. I've had some, like, yeah, basically for a number of years, we, we had, yeah, just, like, the trips just got sabotaged by, it seemed like a different person every time. Yeah, so let me actually share probably the worst one was um, I call this the trip that mm. never was. Mm. So I invited a bunch of guys from my Bible study on a trip. Um, it was probably a little early. It was in March and like early for them since they had never, you know, so those, these guys hadn't been before. So I spent a lot of time planning, making sure we had gear and they had the right food. They had the right, you know, just everything. And we leave early one day from Southern California. We get about an hour into the drive and we hit, Los Angeles traffic and one guy's like car sick in the back and we have two cars kind of caravanning up. And one guy basically was, you know, checking the, the weather is like, there's a lot of rain in Yosemite, like, like a lot of rain. I'm like, yeah, well, that's why we brought certain gear, you know, waterproof tent and this and that. And then like, he'd stop every once in a while, just like pull off to the side of the road and be like, are you sure we want to do this? Like there is like, it's still raining up there. Like it's gonna be raining for the next couple of days. I was like, yeah, but we have, you know, we got the stuff for it. Like, this is why we brought right. yeah. the gear that we have. And uh, we got to like Northern Los Angeles. And then, but at that point he had convinced the rest of the group. He basically created a mutiny <laughs> among. <laughs> How enjoyable is that car ride? Oh my gosh. He's like, this is not going to go well. And so he's like, I think we got to turn around. So like I said, the trip that never was, but I, I spent all that time planning oh. and then back so disheartening so not only do you have to train your backpacking crew physically you have to train them mentally when you have a mental saboteur in the vehicle they have to know how to mentally withstand the negative threats this is like these are the types of experiences i've had where now i'm just like not willing to deal with as much of that stuff 
Uh, would you invite those guys back? Would you be like, you know what? This probably, yeah, there's a lot of rain. Let's just let's try again Ooh, like in a couple months. That's, I mean, as a trip planner, you kind of feel deflated. You know, I don't know if I'd be motivated to do that. Having gone with people who are excited about going, it's like, that's the kind of experience you want to seek every time. So you got people who are like, eh, it's raining. I'm going to go back home. Like, I don't know if I'm really motivated to go like, convince them again because what if something else happened you know you don't want it to happen too <laughs> you want them to it takes two to tango in my opinion right. you know like you want to see like yeah they're they're into it if they called me up they're like dude you know what I, i'm ready to backpack i've had a change of heart like i want to do this again like i'm on it then yeah for sure okay so ephesians 4 2 says be always humble gentle and patient show your love by being tolerant with one another so like with that verse in mind should we invite them back i think I think we got to temper that with wisdom, of course. Uh, did I invite them back? I actually did not invite a single guy ever again on wow. those trips. Wow. After you just read that verse. <laughs> no, you did not. I know. I don't know that I fulfilled the verse, but I, I, I wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't like throw away the friendship. It was just the, you know, just the backpacking side of things. Like I'm not sacrificing like being a brother to them since they're in the Bible. I feel, I feel like you've gotten the tolerant part down of the verse though, you know, in the sense of like, you know, you've tolerated my <laughs> shenanigans. I've tolerated your shenanigans. So I tolerate a lot, especially as we go through this list, you'll see that there's a lot of toleration I, going I feel on. Your pain. And I feel your pain. But I think that getting to the core, I, like being always humble, gentle, and patient. I think the patience is where from years of experience, yeah. I'm sort of lacking, which is why I was so hyper aggressive with Chris and his ready. You kind of become sure. crusty and old, you know, in that regard. Kind yeah. of. Well, you gave me the perfect uh, training partner of Rocky being a oh, uh, football coach yeah. and also living in the same neighborhood as me. Definitely. Um, yeah, it was, you know, he, he definitely made sure I was in shape. That so I'm thankful actually that I had Rocky because he, uh, he totally prepared me in the exact way I needed to be prepared, especially because he's a veteran backpacker too. So he knew what it would take. You know, now that you're saying that, I feel a little bitter uh, to Rocky because he did not train me for the Red Peak Pass. Mm-hmm. We did, that was pre-training days. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, Rocky. <laughs> Totally kidding. <laughs> okay, I got a good one. This is one from uh, a couple years ago when we were in Colorado. We all flew out to see Carl, and thank you. It was a great trip, fantastic. Uh, so we we threw out there, and we're like, you know, let's meet at the airport. Rocky, Nate, and I were flying mm. in. We're gonna meet up, and we're all gonna get together. And a few things happened that night. So I think I arrived at the airport. It was like torrential downpour wind everywhere big surprise for colorado i see rocky at the airport i'm like rocky what's up yeah so we meet up yeah and carl's there and he's like um <laughs> guys we had a little situation i'm like what do you mean <laughs> we're just meeting at the airport it's not that hard we've done it a million times and he's like well yeah nate got a little you know ants in the pantsy and wanted to go on a nice run in the middle of the storm <laughs> and i'm like what he's like yeah he's just running around outside basically from the airport from the airport you don't yeah uh in the middle of colorado just in the rain the wind i'm like are you serious and uh and he does not want to bring his phone because you know can't have a phone on in the rain and i don't want to bring it when i'm running so we really don't know where he is so i think so you might be wondering why would a guy run from the airport and he wanted to get eight miles in because he was trying to build up a hunger because he was convinced that his visit back to Colorado was the right time to partake in something called the Bojo's Pizza mm, yes. Eating Challenge. Yes. So this is just to just to tell you if you, Bojo's is like a Colorado pizza chain, 
And I don't think we're going to get a sponsorship from Bojo's because I actually hate <laughs> pizza. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I, like, how can you make pizza bad? Pizza is so easy really to make feel. good, but they basically just yeah. bake they bake a loaf of bread, put like a little bit of sauce and cheese on it, but you're, it just feels like you're just gnawing through like forever bread. You seem better. So they make this pizza that's a 14-pound oh. pizza, and if two guys can eat this pizza in an hour – then they pay for the pizza and give the guys like a hundred bucks. The pizza itself costs like 80 bucks. So if you don't do it, then you're out the $80. But I think the hard part is, I mean, I couldn't eat the, the seven pounds worth for, on my end, but if you could, the hard part's not downing the seven pounds. It's, it's actually chewing through all of that like bread oh, yeah. dough. So, and Nate's motivated. Like he's, he's like taking on the, the, you know, the gallon milk challenge in an hour. Like he wants to make this happen and so he and Rocky are going to do this. And so in order to prepare, he's like, I need to go on a run right now. Like he just, <laughs> you know, he just puts it on me. Like he's there, but I'm like, uh, oh, okay. you're like, Hey, good to see okay. you. Okay. I'm not prepared yeah. for so that. It was, it was awkward yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we, we eventually tracked him down through his wife and, uh, met him at a hotel and, uh, he gets in the car so- soaking wet. And then what are we, we headed back to the house to do this pizza challenge we get there what time was it when we got to the house i want to say it was like 11 11 we didn't even get to the restaurant time because of this sort of self. we had to call the restaurant to make sure they were going to stay open i think to make sure we could pick up the just pizza. so we get the pizza otherwise we would have yeah. paid the 80 bucks and not even gotten the pizza <laughs> so chris so you get two issues here you have first of all nate sort of wanting to do the pizza challenge and just you know trying to trying to do something like that the night before a backpacking trip and then part two is what do you do when you show up to pick somebody up at the airport and they want to take off on a run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd probably say let them run uh, because I, I wouldn't know how to respond to something like that because sure. it's so unusual. But I would say bring your phone with you, especially if we have a you know backpacking trip planned the next day. And then I would also have probably warned them that the place that they're doing all you can eat pizza at has really bad pizza. No, and, they know. Uh, they know. They, they've had the pizza before. Oh, they already know. Yeah, no, so everybody seems to like this pizza. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think there's some some people are starting to come over my side of this. I'm trying to convince people that they call it yeah Colorado style pizza, and I love pizza, and that is terrible pizza. Sorry. <laughs> so you're Bojo's. You're kind of a Bojo saboteur. Yeah, they're doing oh. fine. They're doing fine. Well, you know, yeah. someone who okay. wants to run eight miles to make room for all you can eat, possibly potentially really bad pizza the night before they go on an epic backpacking trip. I mean, more power to you. Let them. I might even go with them. Why not? Let's let's just get crazy and let's do this. But um, but getting loose. Okay. But I would say losing right. a member the night before, right straight straight out of the airport, right away, um, is definitely a potentially a saboteur situation going on. Um, and so, luckily, it sounds like he did make it to the pizza place. So it was a potential saboteur, um, but not a full saboteur. No, no, it's full saboteur. He got lost, and we were driving around for like a good hour, hour and a half trying to find him. Um, We had Jared go and pick up the pizza from the pizza place. Then we met at Jared's house, and it wasn't until 11 p.m. where just for fun, like now the challenge like is, you know, they they actually monitor you. Now just for fun, they're trying to do the challenge at 11 p.m., and we're leaving at like, what, like 4.30 in the morning the next day? Oh, that was great. so I take back everything I've said then. That's full saboteur. Right. <laughs> and so knowing that, I would say next time if someone wants to go on a run straight from the airport, okay. I'd say no. Uh, we have a history <laughs> of running straight out of the airport gates going okay, wrong. So just so you know, real quick, there's a moment where you're like, I might actually join them. And in that moment when you said that, I thought, <laughs> should we invite Chris next summer? 
<laughs> well, now that I know it was ended in full saboteur, uh, you know, I'm out. Fully sabotored. Did they finish the challenge? I know you want to ask that, Chris. So you can if they did. Yeah, they finish? Yeah, Chris. What do you, how, how much pizza did they get through? Do you predict out of the, you know, out of the 14 pounds? Is that what you said? 14 pounds. Yeah, like or like like 100 percent is the pie. What percentage do you think they got oh, through? Ten. Maybe they, they probably got through like forty. I'd say forty percent. They did. They did nice. decent. That's uh, but it's, that's no way they're gonna eat it. Yeah, and they're, they yeah. eat a lot. Well, fourteen yeah, pounds. Lot. Fourteen pounds is a tremendous amount of okay. pizza. It is. So we have, you know, we still have like sixty percent of the pizza left. So that's a lot of pizza left. And we're sitting there. How much of that pizza do you think I ate afterwards? None. <laughs> Zero, <laughs> yes, only because you prefaced the <laughs> your desire yes. for this place. Wow. I'm going to give you one that, that I think some people have actually experienced because we're kind of going off the rails with some of our ideas here. Things that are true, but not necessarily common or realistic for most backpacking groups out there. So here's one that I think that is, though. And on one trip, this is pre-Derek, I invited a guy, and we're just going to do a local trip in the Angeles National Forest up kind of like um, like above Los Angeles, basically. Not a place I'd probably get back to, to be honest. But anyway, so I invited a guy, and he invited his roommate, who I knew wasn't super good friends with i'll say just to be nice and i'm like okay i'm gonna pick you up at you know whatever time and i'm gonna just let's just go like i'm gonna pick you guys up just jump in the car grab your gear and go so i get to the guy's house and my buddy is packed and the guy that he invited has zero things in his backpack but gear everywhere of the living room like yard sale like definition Mm -hmm. yard sale so, and, and, and he's not like, okay, I got it. Now I just got to put it in. He's like slowly examining each piece of gear, like weighing, oh. like, do I bring this or do I not? That's As tough. if it's like, that's, a just, life and death that's situation. just straight up tough. I mean, well, for me, that's an, that's just a major red flag right from the beginning. I mean, if we haven't even gotten in the car yet to get on the trail and we're already looking at a tornado of gear in the living room, um, what kind of tornado <laughs> is that going to be? Right. <laughs> also, we call it a stuffalanche. But Chris, but Chris, what do you... Chris, what do you do there? Are you are you going to like lay the hammer down and be like, yo, throw it in, let's go? Or are you going to just help him real quick? I'd throw a challenge out there. I'd throw a challenge. I'd say, well, let's let's start a 10-minute timer. Ten minutes. <laughs> wow. I'll help you. I love I'll it. help you for these 10 I love minutes. It. I'm all in. I will help you for these 10 minutes. But if we cannot get the, the appropriate gear in your bag and ready to go within 10 minutes, then this is not looking good. <laughs> what? He'll be like, what? You're going to leave without me? You're going to leave without me? Uh, he's going to... <laughs> yeah, I think I, I would have been okay to do that, but that's that's because I didn't know him or we weren't super tight. I don't think his his roommate would have been willing to leave without him. But right. I, like honestly, like at that point, like I'm frustrated, but I, I think I'm going to be patient and 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 kind of sit through it. But I like the timer idea; that's pretty fun. I don't know if he's one of those guys that responds to that, just kind of in <laughs> retrospect. But I think there might be guys that do. I think so. I think that's a realistic solution. I like that one. Yeah, it works for good like second grade, third grade classes. Yeah. So yeah. the idea of it sounds nice, but when you're really there in a guy's living room and you're saying, "Hey, I'm putting you on a timer," I don't think the the implementation of that will go very well. If you told me you were putting me on a timer, I would just laugh at you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not yeah. Okay, so we've we've got we've got some interesting ones so far. But Chris, you've you know you've been on the one epic from last summer, but even in that one trip, you shared before that you got a story for us. So what? Yeah. So I had mentioned in the beginning, this is one I definitely wanted to make sure that I got to share on this episode because it's so worthy of a potential trip saboteur. Uh, And so 
you know, this was my first trip back in July last year, going to Montana, first backpacking trip. And I was really excited. So, you know, I had some gear at the house from camping and hunting in the past and things like that. But I also, you know, got some additional gear based on the gear list. And so I, I had my backpack. I had it perfectly packed. The morning that I'm flying to Montana, I had my perfectly packed mm-hmm. backpack sitting on the stairs of my condo. And when I get home from work, uh, I went, you know, I had to go upstairs and on the way upstairs, I look and sitting next to my perfectly packed backpack is an additional Same. sleeping bag okay. that I have never seen before. And so <laughs> hmm, where, what is this mystery sleeping bag doing? Imagine. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked my wife, I, you know, what's with the sleeping bag here? And she says, oh, you know, Rocky's wife uh, called me or texted me and Rocky, he's already, you know, uh, either in Colorado or Montana. He left on his plane flight a while ago <laughs> and he forgot his sleeping bag Uh, (laughs) and uh (laughs) which is you know and rocky i love you dude but man that is a key item to forget (laughs) (laughs) and let hey unless you're going ultra light like we talked about earlier and that's when you know the weather's nice so there you go I think there's a 50% chance that Chris actually goes without a sleeping bag on purpose this next year and just like piles leaves into the tent to use as like a makeshift blanket. I, w- I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so, so yeah. So my wife tells me that Rocky forgot his sleeping bag and, and of course immediately I'm thinking no problem, you know, I help a brother out. And then, but then I look back yeah. at my perfectly packed backpack and immediately, um, I, I take a, a little set, like maybe a gulp, like a sense of like pit in my stomach going, oh man, I've got to repack this thing because I'm not bringing another backpack on the plane. Um, and so I, I, I spent about an hour fiddling with my backpack and Rocky's sleeping bag. And yeah, I, I apparently I, I had uh, enough time buffer between work and catching the flight, but, um, What the challenge was, though, was there was nothing I was willing to give up out of that backpack. So I was committed to fitting Rocky's uh, sleeping bag in there with my gear. And somehow I was able to make it work. So apparently I had more room than I thought. And and my Tetris skills uh, showed me that I could have fit an additional sleeping bag. In fact, I did. And it was Rocky's. Hmm. And so I was able to make it out with all my gear and Rocky's sleeping bag in that backpack. Um, And so, Rocky, you're welcome. Yes. I have a solution, actually, for this one. You've been kind of the solution guy, Chris, and I'm actually going to come up with one. I've actually thought about this ahead of time for next year. Is on our gear list, I'm going to put the words oh, sleeping good. bag in all caps and like triple the font size <laughs> so that that doesn't happen again. I might do that with backpack, mm, too, because mm, I yes. think backpack might be the worst thing to forget on a backpacking trip. We've already been there, though, haven't we? It's time for a little trivia, my friend. Uh, so I we're talking about saboteurs. We're talking about it's it's hard to to put to the test to you guys. Like you know, <laughs> is this uh, a trivia question about okay. saboteurs? So what I did was I looked up, uh, I did a little research on some of the craziest things that happen on backpacking trips. For this portion of the trivia, we're going to do something called two truths and a lie, where I'm going to give you two things that actually happen, and then I'm going to give you one thing that did not happen. I want you to tell me which one is a lie, and see if you can do it, okay? Go for it. All right, uh, first first one. Uh, people were on a hiking trip, backpacking trip, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> out in the middle of the oh, wilderness, beautiful. there was an abandoned bed, full-size <laughs> queen bed, just in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Number two, there were gentlemen uh, hiking out in the forest, okay. uh, the woods somewhere, I won't say where. And they ran into 
a severed bull's head uh, just hanging six mm. feet from a tree and uh, pretty weird. <laughs> so, Derek, your trivia questions are my favorite because <laughs> like, like we're talking about trip sabotage and you're just like weird things you find out in the wild. Here's the next one. Okay, <laughs> Last one is there were there was a group of people hiking, backpacking, whatever you want to call it. And they came down, I think they went over a mountain pass, they were coming down this mountain pass, and they, in the distance, saw a gentleman, he was in a black coat, and he he was facing a rock, okay. he wasn't turning around, he was facing this rock, no backpack, no nothing, just a black trench coat, and he was twitching, a lot of twitching going on, and just standing at this rock, and they sat and watched okay. for a long time, and he never turned around. Why? I don't know. Why? Is that true? Is that false? He could be having like a stand-up seizure. It, it might be. Like I don't even know if it, it happened. So which mm. one of these is a lie <laughs> and which ones are truth? I'll yeah. let you each have one guess. Okay. I won't answer. I won't tell you the truth. Well, uh, given this is the Trail Saboteur episode, my mind immediately goes to which ones are mm. potentially saboteurs and which one is not. And well, seeing a severed bull's head hanging from a tree might freak some people out, and they might saw, they might say this is a weird trail. I'm getting off this trail right now. Uh, same thing for a okay. twitching Trent mm. coat wearing individual. I might be scared we might run into more twitching Trent coat wearing individuals, so they could potentially sabotage as well. So two possible sabotagings uh, via we're freaked out. This is a weird trail. Let's get off this trail. The third option being a queen bed in the middle of the forest. That one has to be a lie because there's there's not enough details to that one. It's it's yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say maybe that mm-hmm. one is the false. Plus, mm-hmm. it's not a sabotage. That would be a gift. <laughs> Depends on how moldy it is, but <laughs> yeah. Actually, if if I'll say that if Steve found a mattress out there, then that could solve some of his uh, sleep system problems. And mm. yeah, just kind of revisit that spot. But that, anyway, that could be kind mm. of gross too. So, I, so I'm going to go with this like the sixth grade strategy sure. of the one with the fewest details and likely the the easiest to accept as a right answer is probably the the lie. So I'm going to stick with the mattress one as well. Mm. Mm. Okay, you guys are both go both going mattress. Yeah. No, I'm changing. I'm changing. Last minute change. Uh-huh. I'm going with severed bull's head okay. because for some reason I feel like someone would always sandwich the falsehood in the middle mm-hmm. of a truth, you know, like a truth Oreo cookie thing here. So uh, <laughs> I'm switching immediate switch to bull wow. head. That's a power yeah. play. That's really a power play. I should have made this four, three truths okay. in a lie. What'd you get? Uh, but we we're gonna go with the answer. The answer is the bull's head. Now I don't know if that's <laughs> there was actually a bed out in the middle of the wilderness. Now, not okay. to say that somebody got there with a bull's head hanging in the forest, but uh, where yeah. I was looking, I did not see one. So, well done, Chris. Next episode, we're gonna mm-hmm. dive into uh, the, the psychology of Derek Thank and you. why his immediate thought was a severed bull's head and what makes somebody think of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a spinoff of The Godfather and the severed bull's <laughs> head. Okay. Uh, okay, we need to start um, sifting through the movies that you watch. <laughs> Guys, we're going to wrap it here. Thanks again for tuning in to Backpacking Blisters. Thank you for all the support from everybody. Uh, keep those questions coming in. Check out that Facebook page. We'll have more uh, pictures and videos coming soon. And uh, <clears throat> we'll see you guys next time on the next episode. And remember, it is not backpacking unless there's a few blisters along the way. I want to fly.
Oh, Chris, that shrubbery eucalyptus leaf nap was amazing. Good idea on the bed of leaves, my friend. But, you know, I think we should get going. We should get going back on the trail, catch up to the guys. Okay. Um, Sounds good, although I'm a little concerned because Carl is sitting over there on a rock wearing a trench coat, and he seems to be a little twitchy. So uh, I'm concerned. Maybe we should take a look at him and see if he's all right. That's just typical Carl when he's hungry, though. So don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.